Our Lord Jesus said, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Pray we understand. We know why we need to pray. Why did Jesus say watch? Well, Jesus said watch because there are particular times and seasons when we are especially vulnerable to temptation. Welcome. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. Colin, I think it's good for us to know what those seasons are when we're specially vulnerable so we can be on our guard. Yeah, really important. Ask this question, when are the times when you are particularly vulnerable to certain temptations? We're in the story of Joseph at the moment, and we're at the point where he is severely tempted and tested, and he stood firm. But what we're going to look at is what were the circumstances in which that temptation became really strong? He was away from home. There was no one particularly holding him accountable. The temptation had come to him over a long period of time. Now, understanding, and as our Lord Jesus says, watching is really, really important so that we will be on our guard and so that our enemy, the devil, will not gain an advantage over us. So if we expect temptation, we expect some spiritual attack. When it happens, we know that it's just normal. But what do you do with that then? Well, there's the other half of what the Lord Jesus says, watch and pray. So I have to be aware of where temptation is coming, be on my guard against it. When I uh, do that, I want to be walking with the Lord, knowing that his strength is sufficient to be able to stand. It's a marvelous example of that in Joseph, and that's what we're going to look at together today. We're looking at Genesis chapter 30 and the continuing story of Joseph, with the message, Tempted and Faithful. Here's Pastor Colin. Today we're going to see that Joseph was tempted and that Joseph was faithful. And the story before us today speaks powerfully to the issue of sexual temptation in all of its forms. I'm very well aware both of the importance of this subject and also of its sensitivity. And I have two things to say before we get into uh, the scriptures this morning by way of introduction. The first is I want to make a very profound observation. Genesis chapter 39 comes immediately after Genesis chapter 38. Now you'll be thinking, oh, he's really on form this morning with uh, profundity like that. But uh, here's the reason that I point that out. In Genesis chapter 39, we have a story in which a man suffers greatly because of the sins of a woman. But in Genesis chapter 38 we have a story in which a woman suffers greatly because of the sins of a man. Now, I think for that reason and for another reason that we'll see later, it is very significant that these two chapters are put side by side in the scriptures. It reminds us that there is no monopoly of virtue or of vice between the genders. The themes of tempting and of being tempted speak to men and to women alike. And uh, it would be very easy, you see, as we come to this story in chapter 39, the one we're looking at today, for all of the men to kind of put themselves in Joseph's shoes and then for the women to kind of feel, well, distance from the whole story, because after all, who wants to identify themselves with Potiphar's wife? Uh, You don't want to do that. So here's what I want to say to all of the women in the congregation here today. I want you to stand in Joseph's shoes. I want you to see yourself 
as a person who will be tempted, can be tempted, a person who also can stand strong in regards to temptation. I want all of us to be standing in the shoes of Joseph as we look at this uh, story today. The second uh, comment by way of introduction is that I am always very, very thankful that we have so many children in our congregation Sunday by Sunday. This is a wonderful thing. And so as I've prepared this week to uh, speak on this subject, I really have asked the Lord particularly to help me to speak in a way that is both clear and at the same time discreet. So with these uh, introductions, there are really three parts to the message today. The first is for us to see when you will be vulnerable to temptation. The second is how you can stand strong against temptation. And the third will be what will come of your faithfulness. So first of all, then, when you are vulnerable to temptation. Our Lord Jesus said, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation watch and pray. Pray, we understand. We know why we need to pray. Why did Jesus say watch? Well, Jesus said watch because there are particular times and seasons when we are especially vulnerable to temptation. And it is very important for you to find out what they are in your life. What are the particular temptations that come to you? And when do they particularly come? Is there a pattern that you can discern to times when you have fallen and failed in the past? You are in a battle. And to fight any battle, you need all the intelligence you can get about the way in which what you are up against actually operates. So watch. Now, this uh, story really helps us with regards to our watching. It alerts us to some things that are very obvious, and yet uh, they may pass uh, by our minds. And so I want to suggest uh, from this story seven seasons when we are especially vulnerable to temptation. Seven seasons when we are especially vulnerable to temptation. The first, of course, is when you are young and single. And at this point in the story, Joseph would have been, we looked at the ages last week, at this point he would have been 27 or 28 years old. So here he is. He's young, he's fit, he's healthy, he's strong. 28 years old, he would have experienced all the tensions in his body, all the longings in his soul that come with the desire for intimacy that God has placed within us all. And these tensions and these longings are surely not exclusive to the young, but they are at their most intense when we are young. And Joseph was right at the point in life where this area of temptation surely would have been at its greatest power. And therefore, this is a story that speaks in a very direct way uh, to all of the students, all of the young adults, everyone who is single. Uh, It speaks to us in a very powerful and direct way. We live in a culture where it is simply assumed that being sexually active is an essential part of a normal life. And if you believe as a young adult that God has placed this special gift of intimacy within the bounds of a lifelong commitment to marriage between a man and a woman, you are going to find yourself under real pressure. 
And my prayer for today is that you will find fresh strength, fresh energy, fresh encouragement from the word of God to face this area of great tension, great pressure. And that that will be true not only for those who are single, but for those who are married as well. For some who are married also find themselves under great pressure and experiencing great frustration in relation to this whole area. So that's the first, when you're young and when you're single. Second, when you are good looking. Now I take this straight out of the scriptures. Verse six, look at what it says. Joseph was handsome in form and in appearance. He was someone who caused the heads of others to turn. He was a really good looking fellow. Now, uh, clearly, God uh, blesses different uh, people in different degrees in regards to this area of life. I still smile when I recall the comment of a member of our congregation who I very highly esteem made some years ago. He was somewhat cautious about the use of video in the church. And he said, Colin, I want you to know that you sound better than you look. Which is a very good reason for being on the radio, I would have thought. (laughs) We are gifted in very different degrees when it comes to how we look. And some have greater gifts in this uh, area than others. And if God has given to you the gift of being handsome, being beautiful, a very striking form and appearance. That's the language that is used here in the Bible. You need to know, and you surely will know already, that there are very real pressures and temptations that will come to you with it and because of it. George Lawson, a 19th century writer, asks these two questions. Do you have beauty? And then he says, trust not in it, but be modest and cautious. Then he asked the second question, do you want beauty? You look in the mirror and say, oh, I wish that I looked like her or like him. Or do you want beauty? He says this, be content and be thankful that you are free from those snares that often attend beauty. Very perceptive. Seasons, times, circumstances in which uh, a person is especially vulnerable, this is a factor. And you need to be aware. And you need to be wise. Number three, when you have worked hard and been successful. As we go through these, you'll relate to different ones. Many of us will will know this experience. Uh, We looked at it in, in the life of Joseph last week. He'd been working hard. He'd gained these multiple promotions. He gave himself to his work. God gave him success in all that he did. And temptation in all of its forms may be at its most powerful when you have been working hard. And you know what it's like. Your energies are then drained. You are tired. You are depleted. And in your heart, a little voice says, you have been working hard and you deserve a reward. And temptation is at its height at these moments and periods in our lives. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message Tempted and Faithful, part of our series, Snapshots of a Godly Life. 
And if you ever miss any of the broadcasts, or if you want to go back and listen again, you can always do that online. Go to openthebible.org.uk. Now back to the message. Here's Pastor Colin. At number four, temptation will be at its height when you have opportunity. And this clearly was the case in the story of Joseph. He did not go looking for temptation, but temptation came looking for him. And very clearly, sometimes a person may have the desire, but not the opportunity. Other times a person may have the opportunity, but not the desire. But friends, when desire and opportunity come at the same time together, then it is that temptation is at the height of its power. Number five, one that will be familiar to many because it's part of the pattern of your working life. When you are away from home. Many of you know that uh, this is just part of your experience. Your, your work means that you must travel on a regular basis and you know that that brings its own particular challenges. You check into a hotel and there you are in this strange and in this anonymous place and you are lonely and there is something that is disorienting about travel. And you can get the feeling when you're in a different place that somehow the normal rules that apply when you're at home in your more familiar surrounding no longer apply. And there you are, you're on your own and you're away from your wife and you have time on your hands. And guess what? You are vulnerable to temptation. Number six, when you have no one to hold you accountable. Many have found great help in the battle with temptation by having someone in their life, maybe a husband, a wife, and maybe a very close friend to whom there is a regular accountability with regards to your life. But Joseph had no one to come alongside and pray with him, no one to share his struggle. There was no external support around him whatsoever. He was alone. He was completely anonymous in Egypt. And that could only have heightened the power with which temptation came to his soul. And then here's number seven. You are vulnerable to temptation when the temptation continues over a long period of time. Now I take this from verse 10, where we're told that Potiphar's wife spoke to Joseph day after day. So this was not a passing temptation. This was clearly a relentless campaign. Here he is in this working situation. And this pressure is coming at him day after day after day after day after day. Now you know it is not particularly hard to resist and stand strong in regards to a fleeting temptation. But when it grinds on, coming at you, Day after day, always in your face, it wears you down. And you come to a point where you begin to get tired of the battle. And there may be someone here in the congregation, there may be many here in the congregation, and that's exactly where you are today. You have been facing a particular temptation. You've been fighting it hard. You've been putting energy into that, but you're discouraged. It's gone on such a long time. It grinds away. And you are tired of fighting. 
And I want you to see, as you've come here to church on this snowy morning, that the Word of God exactly speaks to where you are today. Right out of the Bible, God speaks to you where you find yourself tired in the battle to give you encouragement and to give you strength, which is what the Word of God is given to us for today. Now, seven seasons... When a person is especially vulnerable, I'm sure that others could be added, but these uh, all arise directly out of the story that is before us. And if you put all seven together, pile them all on top of each other, you can see and sense the cumulative pressure of the temptation that Joseph was facing. Young and single, good-looking, working hard, successful, having opportunity away from home, nobody to hold him accountable, and it's been going on for a long, 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 long period of time. And you look at that, and you say, that is a recipe for moral disaster. And yet we read the story, and here Joseph stands strong in the face of temptation. And that naturally leads to the question, well, how did he do that? How did he find the strength to stand against that level of temptation that was coming to him? And how might I be able to find the strength to stand and to be faithful in the battles against whatever form of temptation I may be facing in my life even today? So let's move to the second point, and it's simply this. How can you stand strong against temptation? We looked at where we're vulnerable. How can you stand strong against temptation? Now, there are two parts to the answer here, motives and strategies. Both of them are important. The strategies deal with things that we need to do. The motives deal with the strength, the power, the energy, the desire that we need to have in our soul in order to put the strategies into practice. You need both, and they operate together. The strategies are very simple, they're very obvious, and they're right here in the story. There are three of them. The first is, you need to have a clear commitment, a clear commitment. And I'm looking now at verse 9, where Joseph says, when he is tempted, how then can I do this? How can I do this? Joseph, of course, must have been aware over this long period of time that Potiphar's wife had her eyes on him. He saw what was brewing. And when it comes out into the open, he has already settled the issue in his mind and he is ready with the answer. I can't do this. Now, here's the principle that's really important here. An open mind in the face of temptation makes failure inevitable. An open mind in the face of temptation makes failure inevitable. A young person goes off to college with an open mind. Failure is inevitable. Inevitable. You have to have a clear line of settled conviction in your heart, in your mind, before the Lord with regards to this area of temptation. And it's true of any area of temptation. In any area of life, you you go into some new sphere of life, ask the question, what will be the big area of temptation for me here? 
You're going into a new job. What will be the big area of temptation for me here? Name it. Name it. And perhaps there'll be two or three. Name them. And then be on your guard with regards uh, to them. This is why there is tremendous value in the making of a very few vows in life. We shouldn't have many because we'll forget what they are. But there is tremendous value, for example, in making a vow of sexual purity before marriage. That you will keep yourself for the spouse that God may have for you in the future. And then there is tremendous value in making a vow of sexual faithfulness within marriage. See, that is why marriage is different from simply two people who are attracted to each other and may love each other moving in together. Why do we have a wedding service? At the heart of the wedding service is what? A vow in which a man and a woman say to each other, I will be loyal to you in regard to my body, in regard to my heart, and in regard to my mind. And the reason that we make a vow in regards to this is that the gift of sexual union is such a sacred trust from God that we surround it, we wrap it in the protection of a lifelong commitment to love and to faithfulness and to loyalty and to respect because that is where this sacred gift belongs. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and we've been hearing about when you're vulnerable to temptation. Next time we'll learn about standing strong when you're in temptation. If you ever miss any of our broadcasts, you can always catch up or go back and listen again online at openthebible.org.uk. And starting this month on Open the Bible, you can hear Pastor Colin Smith's daily devotional read by Sue McLeish. Every day there's a new two to three minute reflection. It's a great way to start the day. Go to openthebible.org.uk. Open the Bible is supported by its listeners. If you're able to support us with a regular gift of £5 or more, we'd like to thank you by sending you a copy of a book. It was written many years ago, but it will be new to many of you. It's called simply Holiness. And Colin, who is this book for? Well, it's in the title. It's for everyone who wants to pursue a holy life. And you know what? That has to be every believer, because the Bible says without holiness we will not see the Lord. But here's the question. What's the relationship between God accepting us, the Bible calls that justification, and God changing us? The Bible calls that sanctification. Does God only accept us when he changes us? And uh, if God has accepted us before he changes us, is it okay just to rest happy that he's accepted us? Well, Ryle really gets into these issues. What is the relationship between justification and sanctification, between God accepting you so that you have peace with him through Jesus Christ and God changing you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? I think most of the main questions that I get asked as a pastor, questions that trouble ordinary believers, arise from a confusion between these two things, justification and sanctification. It's about, well, you know, I'm not yet the Christian that I want to be. 
I've not yet changed as much as I would like to. Has God really accepted me? You see, that that's right on the hinge between these two things. And Ryle gets at that in such a clear and biblical way. That's why this is such a helpful book. It will help every Christian to make sense of their own experience. We want to send you a copy of this book. It's my J.C. Ryle. You can find details of this offer, along with how you can support Open the Bible by giving. Just go to our website, openthebible.org.uk. If you're able to commit to a regular donation of £5 or more each month, we would like to thank you by sending you a copy of the book, Holiness. For Pastor Colin Smith and Open the Bible, I'm David Pick, and we look forward to you joining us next time. Open the Bible is a listener-supported production. You know all kinds of strategies for dealing with temptation, but your problem is finding the power to do them. Find out how next time on Open the Bible.